This is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Brian Andrew. I am here with my favorite FB1. Yes, FB1 fullback one, Stephen Galindo. How you doing, sir? I'm happy to be the fullback one, but I am on the opposite end of misfortune. What is it that we tell everybody every time we when we say set your lineup? We say don't get cute. Mm-hmm. And what did I decide to do this week? I decided to get cute. Instead of just playing Darren Waller at the tight end position, because he is one of the only pass catchers in New York. And, you know, he was going up against Buffalo. I was a little scared of the matchup, but I should have just trusted the process. I started Jake Ferguson, tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, thinking that, hey, they're going up against the Chargers. This is going to be a high-scoring game, a lot of passing. And I ended up losing the game by two and a half points. <laughs> two and a half points. The, the moment that I knew that my night was over was when Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott, they were, I think they were on like the four or the five. Mm-hmm. He looked at Jake Ferguson, who was running, you know, uh, uh, just running a little out route. Jake Ferguson was wide open. He looks at him. I'm like, yeah, he's going to throw it to him. He looks away, and then he throws it to Brandon Cooks in the end zone, who's covered pretty well. But, I mean, <laughs> Brandon Cooks ended up getting the touchdown anyways. But Jake Ferguson would have just caught it and walked in the end zone, end zone untouched. And that would have been the game for me. I would have been happy. You would have looked Life like a genius. <laughs> I would have looked like a genius, yeah. Because I, I even told my wife, I said, I said, as long as Darren Waller doesn't score more than 10 points, I'm going to be okay with this decision. And he scored like 9.3 points. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I think Jake Ferguson can at least get nine points. Like, it's a good matchup. Like, they're going to throw the ball. But man, was I wrong. You know, you, you, can, you can count on the Cowboys to let you down. America's <laughs> team, you know. And uh, it's... <clears throat> Yeah, it's well, tough. Let, let me ask you this, because I, I actually have a fantasy football philosophy that I kind of like if we well, I know there's people in our leagues who are going to hear this and maybe want to take advantage of it someday. <laughs> but I, you know, you know, the old expression, right? Like if you have two QBs and you have no QBs, right? And that's just not fantasy football. That's just, that's just a general like football term thing, like, right? Like it's if you have two QBs, you have no, no QBs. So you need to go out there and get yourself a real QB that's kind of how i feel with fantasy football sometimes when i have too many options you're just setting yourself up to make the wrong one like it's one thing if your options are limited then you're just playing the guys you have and then you're hoping for a win for example recently i got i ended up getting a cup i got a wide receiver back in a trade and i was like now i have just extra wide receivers and i know i'm going to always play the wrong one if i have too many wide receivers so i'm like and now i need i feel like i need to trade one off just so I don't have to deal with the the dilemma every week. Like we we play in leagues where there's multiple flexes, so it kind of makes it a little easier. We just you know you always have to plug in that position. But I I play in leagues where it's like some people just draft really poorly, and then you only have one flex, so you have one flex to work with every week, <laughs> and you 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 don't know what to do with that flex spot every week. 
And so, and then you drafted a pretty good team, but you're always playing the wrong people, and then you're losing games because of it. So it it it's it's one of those things where it's like I felt like in your scenario you have two, I wouldn't say great tight ends, but you have two quality tight ends that are probably matchup dependent. And but Darren Waller is probably the better talent. So you you went with what you thought was a matchup piece when you probably got a little too cute, right? I got way too cute. And I, I know, you know, the person I played listens to the pod, so shout out to him for the victory. It was a it was a bad week for me. I had Justin Fields go down with only four points, like in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley uh, you know, bust uh busted. Like I think he only had four points. Like I I don't know who my other you know, oh Rashad White only had like five points in my flex spot. So I was, and, and I was, I still only lost by two and a half points. Can can you, uh, can you imagine? Can you yeah. imagine the two and a half points? You know, that was just, and we play in a tight end premium league. So like, obviously like the points per reception are a little bit higher for the tight ends. So I thought, man, like Dak likes to check down to the tight end. There were mm-hmm. so many times where, where I felt like Ferguson was open and Dak tried to like force it down the field. Well, and like, it was so annoying. If you look at the history of Dak with the Cowboys too, like he he usually if you had Jason Witten back in the day or you had Don Schultz like last year or something like that, there was always like you knew your tight end was going to get some was going to be in the mix at least a little bit, right? Like they might not be the highest pass catcher on the team, but you're walking away with a comfortable amount of points every week. Especially and in the red zone. Especially in the red zone, like you, you might get seven to fifteen points roughly from your tight end. But you know, in a tight with tight end being such a scarce position, that's not a bad outcome, right? So sometimes you're playing the floor, sometimes you're playing the ceiling. This is just yeah, you had you you didn't you you had a poor Cowboys experience. Ah, it hurts. It hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. Like I think you know if if you're a true like fantasy football you know <laughs> manager. You know, been playing for years. This is my home league. This is the league where, like, we talk the most smack, and like, this, this is, is where, like, you demand the most respect because everybody knows their stuff. And so it it hurts. It hurts so much. Yeah. Like, I'm in four different leagues. Every other, all three other leagues, that I got dubs in, and I can tell you, it feels like I lost all four. If, for example, I'm zero and six in one of our leagues. I'm I'm like co commissioner in that league. And I was more disappointed that now I'm three and three in this other league that we're in, the home league that we like to call it. <laughs> and not my mother's season's probably ruined in the other league. <laughs> but like this league in particular, I'm like, I'm more frustrated that now I'm three and three. And and I like f- for my experience in that Cowboys Chargers game, I've been waiting weeks for Austin Eckler to come back. And then there was a moment in the game where he just got absolutely sucker punched. I don't, I don't know if it was Sucker Punch, but he just got clocked. And I was like, I swear to God, if Austin Eckler's out for weeks because he got punched in the jaw, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> yeah, luckily, he had his helmet on. I mean, his helmet got knocked yeah. off. But, man. So, uh, for, for, that a moment, is my... for a moment, I was like, if this guy got like a concussion or a broken jaw, I'm going to be pissed. But, nah, it seems like he's okay. That That is, yeah, that is my spiel on getting cute. So going this, you know, going into this week, I'm playing Brian in the home league. And so we're mm-hmm. both three and three in that league. And so this, this is like our Super Bowl this week because, yeah. uh, you know, it's, 
it's either going to put us over 500 or under and man like there's so much emotion like there's a certain amount of uh and i'll i'll admit this like i would i wouldn't say in our experience growing up playing sports together or anything like that that you're that we have the most humble relationship when it comes to competition but i feel like the the garage league matchup every year we go into it with this like i just hope i win i'm sorry you're gonna have to lose kind of thing (laughs) it's not there's there's no hostility there's no frustration with certain things it's just like we're gonna set our lineups we're gonna hope for the best i want the win i know he wants the win but like i but yeah like but in other aspects of competition they're like we're usually cussing at each other or something like that yeah no yeah he's absolutely right and i think it's because we both share the philosophy that like we don't talk smack too early because you know the fantasy Mm -hmm. gods will will make Mm -hmm. us pay you know karma is real and so like we usually wait till we have either a comfortable um comfortable lead or you know we're for sure like oh yeah this is this game's done like then we'll talk a little smack you know and so i mean geez we're going in here with you know by mageddon again I think mm-hmm. six teams are on a bye. There's a lot of injuries. And so, I mean, let's hop right into injuries. The mm-hmm. first one um, being Anthony Richardson um, is expected to miss the rest of the season. He was put on IR last week. And according to the Colts owner, Jim Ursay, um, it's looking like he's not going to make a, a comeback this year. Hasn't been confirmed yet, but I mean... If the owner's saying, hey, I don't think he's going to come back, then he's probably not going to come back. So I think uh, Anthony Richardson can be dropped if you're holding on to him, especially if he's taking up space on your bench. Mm -hmm. If you have an IR spot, I mean, it's really up to you if you want to utilize that for somebody who might not come back. Um, You know, I I would say he's a a clear drop. I would say he's a drop too. Like, yeah, like I said, if you have the extra IR spot or for whatever reason you've you've had a safe enough season that you haven't had to use it yet, then yeah, just throw him in there for a few weeks until someone else needs to take the IR spot, and then you could drop him if you want. Drop him and then kind of keep the rumbling. You know, keep an eye on the news. See, maybe there'll be some rumblings that he's going to try to come back before the season's over. Especially if like the AFC South's wide open, right? Like it's anyone could really take it. The Juggernaut Texans, you know, the hottest take of the year. The Juggernaut te- Texans could possibly win the whole thing. Uh, but I. If the Colts are in it, you may think that they may try to rush him back at the end. But like you said, the owner said that he's probably not coming back. The owner has said a lot of things in the last few months. I'll be honest with you. I did not know the owner's name six months ago. And now every time his name comes across on my news feed, I'm like, "Ah, I don't want to hear this guy talk. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, Do you feel like there's any stock down for any of these Colts players? Um, no, I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be okay. okay. I mean, I, like I, I Gardner Minshew is a gunslinger and, um, you know, if anything, the pass catchers get a little bit of an upgrade. And, uh, since he's not a, you know, a mobile, mobile quarterback or as much as Anthony Richardson was, I think, you know, the running backs are going to be given the opportunity in the red zone, you know, to take the ball in for a touchdown. You're not going to have to worry about Gardner Minshew vulturing a rushing TD from your running backs. Uh, narrator, uh, Gardner Mission Vultures uh, touchdown from your <laughs> running back. <laughs> Before we get to the next one, here's a quick question. Next year, 
when we're going over, you know, our pre rankings before the season and we're going into drafts is Anthony Richardson. Has he done enough this year to put him in the top five of QBs drafted? Or do you see him being six to 10 range? I would say six he's to definitely ten. in the top 10, right? I would say he's six to 10. The injury stuff's a little concerning because he's such a young quarterback and he's already had two significant injuries in his first season that and like you would, Unless you want to just take him, like you're taking him at number five, and then you're also taking another veteran later in your draft just to make sure that, like, you know, you have a backup plan just in case it doesn't work out. Because the ceiling's there. I would say, like, I, and I was absolutely wrong about him in the offseason. I'll admit that. His ceiling might be higher than maybe Justin Fields. His ceiling might be higher than maybe Justin Herbert's at this point, you know, certainly higher than Trevor Lawrence. I mm-hmm. there, There's plenty of top five, top eight-ish quarterbacks that I feel like are not in the top five or eight this season. Maybe Drew Burrow, Joe Burrow, <laughs> Drew Burrow, <laughs> Joe Burrow <laughs> bounces back. But yeah, I would say, I would say, yeah, I'd put him comfortably in that six, seven range for sure. The only hesitation would be the injuries. But outside of that, like he's proven skill wise and fancy wise that he's a top, he's, he's probably proven he's the top four quarterback, to be honest with you. It's the injuries probably move him back to six, seven, eight. Yeah, huh. yeah, no, I I agree. Let me ask you this though: uh, Do you feel like CJ Stroud would be ranked roughly around the same level as Richardson, or do you think Richardson's a higher ranked quarterback next season? That's a good question. I probably, if CJ Stroud continues to have the season he's having, I'd probably have to say Stroud would go before uh, before. Richardson, I mean, the Texans are only going to get better, especially mm-hmm. if they draft well this year. So, I mean, Stroud is he's looking good, and he he actually passes the ball. So, um, I'd probably say Stroud would I would take Stroud a little bit higher than than Richardson, okay. maybe two spots ahead of Richardson. All right, I, I think that's fair because I think like the top three would probably stay the same. Then you're adding Lamar Jackson in the mix. Maybe Joe Burrow could prove at the end of the season that he could bounce back. I would comfortably take Trevor Lawrence out of that scenario because even if he has a really good second half of the season, the first the bo- the first half of the seasons for both seasons has not been great. So I would take Trevor Lawrence back a little bit. He's still top ten ish if he could still you know if he could bounce back. But right now he's actually not even top twelve in my opinion, the way he's playing. So. Uh, the, yeah. Then you had C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson in that mix. Yeah, you might be right. Hell, maybe Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, please stop. <laughs> um, okay, so Justin Fields uh, dislocated his thumb on his throwing hand. I believe it's right hand, and so he's uh, doubtful for this week. And so we'll have to wait and see on how things go. I guess you know it's a matter of being able to grip the ball, especially in the throwing hand. Obviously, you need good grip to throw the ball very well. So. He might be out this week. Hopefully he can uh, make a comeback next week. Or actually, I think it's the week after because he's on a bye. Let's see. His bye is... You would think we would know this stuff already, right? (laughs) Uh, Justin Fields' bye comes in week... Oh, no, it doesn't come to week 13. So, you know, maybe if he misses this week, he can come back next week. Um, This week he takes... Or the Bears take the Las Vegas... uh, They're playing the Raiders at home. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's not too tough of a matchup, hopefully. But I mean, you know, did, did, Bears... you, did you say it was on mm-hmm. his throwing hand? 
It's on his throwing hand, yeah. So I think that that might add another week or two to the mix. Now, he seems like the type of player that wants to come back right away. But just even snapping the ball, like under center, like I think like maybe he's taking shotgun snaps, he'll, he'll, he'll be okay. But it's like under center, I think that it's going to hurt his hand or his thumb. Yeah, other, and, other than just the dislocation of his thumb, we don't know the extent if he like tore any ligaments or anything mm-hmm. like that. So... Um, that hasn't been released yet as of this recording. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I mean, he's doubtful, so they haven't ruled him out completely yet. So mm-hmm. I think it's a, a matter of time before before we'll have a, a clear a clear picture on that. Uh, yeah. Moving on. Uh, running back Kyron Williams of the Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, he has an ankle sprain, I believe. And so he is going to miss this week. Uh, they are playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, right. so I think it's not a tough enough, like it's not a crazy matchup that they can't still win. Um, I don't think he's expected to have an extended absence, but um, I think we'll get into the Rams' backfield a little later. Um, Christian McCaffrey, this might be the biggest injury of the week or the yeah, weekend. I agree. Christian McCaffrey left the game with an oblique injury. Um, he left. I don't remember which quarter he left. Uh, uh, it, he left. it was when they 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 solidified the win by then. No, they didn't solidify the win. They were playing the Browns. The but he I want to say I think he left after halftime in the right? third quarter. Yeah, yeah, he left in the third quarter and he he didn't return. Um, so it was probably something he sustained either in the second quarter, um, or at the beginning of the third, but. Uh, nonetheless, he is questionable to play on Monday night football against the Vikings. And uh, as of this recording, reports are saying that, you know, he's it's not as bad as believed. Same thing with Debo Samuel. Like none of the injuries on the 49ers are believed to be long term injuries. And uh, they don't even know yet if they're going to miss any time. So luckily they play on Monday night. The only thing with Christian McCaffrey is if you do have Christian McCaffrey, you should have a backup plan because if he, they do decide to sit him against the Vikings, I don't think the Vikings are that scary. I think that uh, the 49ers can do can beat them without Christian McCaffrey. Well, so they well, might just decide to uh, let him rest. I, you'll probably have a, bit, a good idea by Friday, Saturday, like what they're going to what their plans are. If it's still like 50-50 up in the air, I would I would make an attempt to try to get at least acres or something from some other team, like or find or find another wide receiver, like put Christian McCaffrey in your flex spot and then pick up another wide receiver or something that's also in the matchup, just in case you just need to play someone in that spot. And you never know; there's always random Monday Night Miracles that happen. Even if you're putting a third string, like a slot receiver that never gets a catch, you know, just put someone who's playing Monday night in that spot. Because I I feel like you don't want to get too cute and not start Christian McCaffrey at all, right? You don't want to start someone who's going to play like 10 a.m. on a Sunday in his spot. So, like, you do want to go into with the optimistic hope that he'll play, but you're going to have, you need a Monday night player. Or at least a Sunday night player, if you have a decent idea, he won't play. To be in that flex spot, so like, I don't know. Plays, yeah, if he plays, you're starting him. Like you don't need to get cute. Like just make sure you played, have a, yeah. put him in your lineup. Just make sure you have a Niners or Vikings player somewhere on your bench that you can put in that spot. It's just, just you got to have at least one of those. 
So, like, you know, you could probably get acres on a sell low, maybe, or, you know, get like a, I don't know, uh, a backup somewhere. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think of yeah, all the, the, the third, you know, uh, the third receiver from the Vikings, I think his name is Powell. Mm-hmm. You I'm know, sure, or, yeah. or some random, you know, receiver, or, you know, if you're lucky enough to get, um, Elijah Mitchell off waivers mm-hmm. this week, or um, the other guy Mason mm-hmm. Jordan Mason off the uh, waivers this week. You know, you you just have them just in case. But if right. Christian McCaffrey plays, obviously you're playing him. Absolutely. Before we jump mm-hmm. into our boom bust and out of the stadium picks, I've been hearing a lot this week. Mm-hmm. A lot of the analysts, you know, the real life analysts and um football shows and things like that speaking very highly of the Detroit Lions and I'm not a Detroit Lion hater and I I like watching the Detroit Lions and I think that you know this this season they're doing very well but some of them are putting them in the top 5 uh mm-hmm. power rankings and some people are saying that they're going to make it to the Super Bowl and I gotta say that that's that's just that's have just you, all for hype. That's all show. Have you, have, have you seen those AI pictures of them winning the Super Bowl and it's their parade and it's like in the river or the lake? <laughs> no, by, by Detroit. No. I'll show it to you after the pod. Yeah. So I, I, this is what I gotta say: the Lions have yet, uh, other than Kansas City on opening night, which um, I'm not trying to be biased, but like that's the first game of the season. Not a lot of football has been played. You know, the the Chiefs are down their top pass catcher, their top, you know, defensive pass rusher. Like, I think, you know, it was a good game, and they ended up winning by one point. Um, So, you know, kudos to them, and they did win an arrowhead, so that's a big win. But, I mean, these are the teams they've played. Seattle, which they went into overtime. Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, Atlanta doesn't throw the ball. Green Bay, a Rogerless Green Bay Packers. Uh, an 0-6 Carolina Panthers. And then a Baker Mayfield-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, I mean, like, nothing here has been too crazy. I mean, they do play Baltimore this week. And so I think this is a good test because Baltimore's defense is really good. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how, you know, they hold up against Baltimore. But, I mean, you know, they have a clear path to win the division because their schedule is not that hard. And um, obviously they can make a playoff run, but I don't see the Lions beating teams like Philadelphia. Um, I don't see them beating Dallas. Um, What are other teams that are strong in the NFC? I think those are the top teams I would say in the NFC right now. Oh, um, the 49ers. I don't see them beating the 49ers. So I think expectations need to be tempered a little bit. Um, if you're a Lions fan, obviously, like, hey, you're having you're having a good time, and I hope you enjoy it because I think the Lions are on the verge of starting to have good seasons for the next, you know, few years, mm-hmm. especially if they continue to draft well and and maybe make a couple trades. But their defense looks good. Their offense obviously puts up points, but I don't see enough here um, from this early part of the season that I'm already hailing the Detroit Lions, the NFC champions. So. Can, can I let alone s- Super Bowl champions? So. I'm, I'm going to say go something. on that rant real quick. No, yeah, you're right. going to say something I, right now. I, I just got to go on that rant real quick. I'm, I'm going to counter you a little bit. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah Although the teams they be in are not entirely impressive, outside of the Chiefs being a one point game, they are beating teams that they're supposed to beat, and they're beating them by at least two scores. So that's pretty impressive. Like they're not these. Like obviously, I know. Like me and you have seen some of these games before. Like some of them are going to the fourth quarter and they're pretty tight. So I'm not going to pretend that like these are like blowouts or anything. But they're they're winning some of these games by two scores. Like you said, the Ravens will be a good test. But also, if I'm going to throw this out there, just in general, they don't necessarily have to look exceptional this season. They just have to win their division. And then win their playoff games, you know, and then like they'll probably get a decent matchup in the in the in the wild card round, most likely, you know. So I I, I don't expect them to have the best record in the league. <laughs> so they'll probably be in the wild card round. I expect them to get a decent matchup, which at least will be even, or they'll be better than. And then they just need to win two more games, and then after that, they'll. I think like they could possibly be NFC champions. Like who knows? Like what if the playoffs play out where like the 49ers and the, and the, and the Eagles meet each other <laughs> and then one of them knocks the other one out and then the Lions don't have to be both, you know? So I'm just throwing it out there that there is, there is an Avenue. There is a tunnel for the Lions to pull off the unthinkable. And right now they're predicted to win the division. And I, they're, they're setting them to, they're, I don't think anyone's going to catch them. The Packers might catch them unless the Vikings go on a run. No one's going to catch them. Like the Lions will probably win the division. No, I agree. I think they'll win the division. So then, I, the, I don't, then they, think, then I don't they, think they make it out of wild card weekend. So, all right. My hot take I, is that the the Lions won't make it out of uh, the wild card weekend. I will say my hot. I don't know if it's hot because I guess I'm going with the country on this one. They will get out of. The wild card weekend, and they'll beat their next opponent as well. I so don't you're know saying if they get to the NFC Championship game. They will get to the NFC Championship. I don't know if they'll win it, but they'll get there. I think they could. They might have the potential to be the third or fourth best team in the NFC, but they probably, yeah, you're right. They won't beat the 49ers or the Eagles or something like that in the NFC Championship. But they have the potential to at least play them. Yeah, no, I mean anybody has a chance. Uh... To get to the championship game, but it's like is the probability of it happening. If I was right I about maybe, the te- maybe uh, I was gonna say if I was right about the Texans, which I I, I could be, <laughs> I I think I could be right about the Lions as well. Yeah, no, I mean the Texans the Texans play in a crappy division too, so it's like they should be um, not getting blown out by these teams, but they're actually playing the other teams, you know, out of the division pretty well. So it's it's a bit surprising, but. Anyways, that's that's our rant for the day. Let's uh, mm-hmm. let's hop into boom bust and uh, out of the stadium. Um, and I'll go ahead and I'll lead the way with my first boom. Actually, before we do that, I wanted to just go over last week. Um, you know, I had Raheem Mostert as a boom, and he definitely came to the table with a boom. Um, I had Keenan Allen and Tyreek Hill busting, and I did have a disclaimer. I said Tyreek Hill would be held to under twenty fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Well, Tyreek Hill decided to go over 20 fantasy points. Um, I think he narrowly beat my projection um, with how many fantasy points he got. It looks like he put up uh, he put up 20 about 26 fantasy points. So, you know, a handful of points over than what I thought. So, I really thought it was going to be somebody else, but. 
I mean, the Dolphins are on a terror offensively. I mean, they're just putting up points left and right. Waddle scored, Hill scored, Raheem Mostert scored. Um, I'm not sure who else scored, but I mean, they're they're looking good. And then Keenan Allen against the Dallas Cowboys. I thought the Cowboys would be able to kind of keep him in check, which they kind of did, but I think he still put up around 18 points. So when I saw Keenan Allen score within like three minutes of the game, I was like, oh, dang, it's going to be one of those games. So. <laughs> Um, and then lastly, my out of the stadium pick was Jeff Wilson, but he didn't play. So that didn't go at all the way I thought it was. And then Michael Gallup, who it, I mean, Dak was force feeding Michael Gallup. If you watch the game and he was just, it was just, it's some of those passes were just like, it's just not going to happen. So, I mean, I, I'm glad to see that, you know, Dak was forcing the ball into his receivers because I know that was a thing the last couple of weeks. And so we'll see, you know, how things go uh, moving forward. But in the first half, Michael Gallup was getting all the targets. So okay. I think, you know, I think he's still a sneaky ad if you have room on your bench. You know, I don't remember at all what I picked last week. <laughs> so. It's okay. I just There was something on my mind that I had to get off because, you know, we, we've been trying the, to. The, the week before, I remember we were like super, super off on a lot of those players. So, yeah. but this week, I, I don't remember what I did. I'm sure someone will tell me. And again, these aren't like, oh, you're not starting them. These are just more like, hey, temper your expectation. Like mm-hmm. they've been doing very well and they're not going to, you know, they're not going to meet the standard of what you think they're going to meet. So like, like to be honest, usually when I go through my booms and busts, it's not that I personally have a gut feeling that like this is a player I would start. I think usually I'm picking players that like if you have if you're absolutely like not sure what to do like you said it's bye week get it's bye week Mageddon or whatever it's bye Mageddon it, it's it's these are players that you're like ah uh, well I'm not sure or whatever then like you know like I don't know if you want to take a take a shot on one of the guys we said then take a shot on one of the guys we said um yeah and, and because it's bye Mageddon like even these boom bust and out of the stadium picks were kind of hard this week but let mm-hmm. me go ahead and start it off here. Uh, for my boom this week, I'm taking none other than Hollywood Brown mm. from the Arizona Cardinals. They're going up against Seattle this week. Surprisingly, I think it's going to be a little bit of a shootout. Arizona gives up a lot of points. Seattle's defense is pretty good, but it's a divisional game. So I think that the uh, the game itself is going to be you know a good one to watch. So I'm taking Hollywood Brown to uh, boom with uh, 15 plus points and a touchdown. Nice. I feel like we were really high on uh, the Cardinals the last few weeks, and then they haven't lived up to that the last couple weeks or so. But you know, I this is I think yeah, this is a good matchup for them to to get, to get it going again. I, I I like the pick. So for me, and I'm already gonna disrespect the guy because I don't know how to say his last name, <laughs> but I was looking at players this week and this could have been an out of the stadium pick in my opinion but we we've already got something planned for that so i'm going boom i'm going tyson bagent 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 i don't know the starting quarterback for the chicago bears former d2 quarterback who's apparently broken a ton of records didn't make didn't get drafted by any team went to the practice squad went to training camp they brought him on to back up Justin Fields cuz they liked how he looked in the preseason and now he's given an opportunity 
And everyone likes an underdog story. And having a D2 player at all in this league be successful is a cool underdog story to follow. I don't know the guy personally. Maybe he's a bad guy and you don't want to root for him. But as until I figure that out, I'm going to root for the guy. And he is now listed around 12 points fantasy-wise. I actually think maybe, just maybe, I know this Bears offense could be really bad, especially with Al Fields. But just maybe. He could get more than 12 points. And I would consider him, you know, if he got around 17, 18, 19 points, that's a, that's a boom week. I would, I would count that as a boom week. I'm not going to pretend that the guy's going to go off for 20. But I think he could certainly, certainly get past the 12-point mark and certainly give at least five or six points above that. I think I, 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 that's my boom. That's pretty, that's pretty good. That's a hot take. Um, Let's bust right now. Mm. Uh, my I, bust this week. I like to see you bust. <laughs> my bust this week is going to be Ramondre Stevenson of the Patriots, uh, running back for the Patriots. The Patriots are playing Buffalo this week. Buffalo is very stingy against the run. They're just stingy in general. They have probably the best defense or at least a top three defense in the league. And so I'm taking. Uh, I'm taking the under on Ramondre Stevenson to surpass 12 fantasy points this week. All right. You don't you don't think he's going to like do you think he's going to bounce back at all this season? Like he he's kind of had a very uneventful season so far. Well, he had the, a good game against the Raiders. And I know he left for you know a few series um, but looking at the upcoming schedule, I mean, he's playing Buffalo, then Miami, Washington, Indy, the Giants, the Chargers, Pittsburgh, Kansas City. I think he can he can um, round out the season with some good games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I think he can at least get himself in the top 15 to 20 running backs by the end of the season. So, yeah, I think I think he can turn it around. Buffalo is a hard matchup. I don't think he's going to do it this week, but. Mm-hmm. I think he could turn it around. All right. You know, I think I think that's solid. I think I was very high on Stevenson at the beginning of the season. Even a few weeks ago, I was still relatively high on him, but it just seems like that New England offense just can't. It, it's more about the offense than it is Stevenson, but fantasy's fantasy. You know, if the offense isn't moving and you're not moving, then you're not relevant, right? So, um, yeah, hopefully. I, I know Zeke's been a little bit more relevant, but that's as relevant as like what getting a few more points than he was getting, which is not much. I think he finally got his first touchdown recently. Um, all right, so I'm gonna bust. <laughs> Let's hear your bust. This is someone I had a I have some stock in myself personally. Someone that I I I think I'm still very high on, but I think George Pickens is gonna bust this week. Uh, that Steelers offense still can't get anything going. George Pickens' best games this year is when he's had a big play of some sort that was more than, what to say, 30, 40 yards. I know he had a big 70-yard catch earlier this season, and then he won, He had that big uh, catch in the fourth quarter uh, last uh, two weeks ago. He had a bye last week. The Matt Canada offense is just like, I'm not really vibing with it. Uh, and the Rams secretly have one of the better defenses in this league. And their secondary, I saw this stat or something today. I should have saved it. But it was like their secondary 
salary wise is is ranked last in the league like they get it's the cheapest secondary in the nfl but right now it's one of the highest ranked secondaries especially in fantasy so some leagues are have them differently i've seen them where they're ranked fourth i've seen some where they're ranked five or six but that's still a very good secondary a very a very decent uh defense you still have aaron donald in the middle who's going to put pressure on Pickett. the steelers offense hasn't proven to me that they could be consistent and I, it's it's less about George Pickens and more about the Steelers' offense. So I'm picking George Pickens the bus. One of my favorite videos <laughs> this year is the video where George – I think it was a 70-yard touchdown, or it was one of the long throws from Pickett to Pickens. And I guess they called an audible. And, like, the caption of the video was, like, when you audible from a one-yard run to – you know, a deep bomb and score a touchdown. And then Matt Canada's reaction. And he literally has like no reaction. Like you can see the rest of the box. Uh, everybody that's in the box is celebrating because pick and scores. And Matt Canada just looks angry because they didn't call the play that he wanted them to call. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that pretty much sums up the uh, Steelers uh, offense there. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. Are you, are you done busting before we move on? You know, I'm done busting this week. I'm only going to bust once. I know last week it was twice, but uh, moving on to out of the stadium. This is funny because, you know, we didn't talk about this until our pre-show meeting. And uh, we kind of were both on the same page because we're like, dang, it's by Mageddon. Like who who can really like be an out of the stadium pick? And then, you know, we just both said the Rams running backs. And so yeah. I'm going to take the running back Zach Evans. To be an out of the stadium pick, I think he's going to be able to put up at least you know eight to twelve fantasy points this week because Kyron Williams is out, uh, Ronnie Rivers, the backup, is also out. I think his injury is a little more severe than than Kyron Williams. Mm-hmm. So somebody's got to run the rock, and I know you know they're not going to be passing on every single play. So I think there's a good chance that one of the running backs is going to come out with you know a good game and um you know i'm gonna say zach evans eight to 12 fantasy points strong flex option yeah and i think you're probably gonna be more accurate than mine and we we both were just like you know let's just pick one right and so the rams kind of did what you you know when you when you have a player that's out with an injury on your fantasy team and then you're just like okay i don't know what to do i'm just gonna pick up three to four guys off the waiver wires and hopefully one of them clicks the Rams, I think, kind of did that with the running backs this week. They also picked up uh, Miles Gaskin. They've signed Daryl Henderson back to the practice squad. Like the Rams are trying, they're trying to figure this out on the fly. I wouldn't be surprised if Daryl Henderson gets in the mix because he's actually got a history with this team. Now he's had up and downs with Sean McVay himself, but. I wouldn't be surprised if Daryl Henderson gets in the mix, but that's not the one I'm picking. I'm picking the person that's actually on the depth chart right now, and I'm going with Royce Freeman simply because he's the other guy that's not Zach Evans. <laughs> so I'm, I think Royce Freeman, he might have a chance. I would not be surprised if they just abandoned the run halfway through the game. And so, but you know, if one of these guys falls in the end zone, they may give it to Royce Freeman. Who's one of the all-time leading rushers at the University of Oregon? He's got he 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 knows how to run between the tackles. It could be Royce Freeman. Uh, I would not be surprised if Zach Evans. Because I'll be honest with you, 
uh, in the preseason, I was higher on Zach Evans than I was on uh, Kyron Williams, to be honest with you. So I'm actually pretty high on Zach Evans. I think you're probably going to get the out of the stadium pick right this week. Uh, but I also would we'll not call be, it. We'll call it even. We'll call it even. Uh, I, I but I do think like there's a decent chance that like Zach Evans runs for 70 yards and Royce Freeman uh, runs for one yard and a touchdown. And then basically it's almost the same amount of points. <laughs> so, so like uh but if i had to make a prediction on how the rams running backs are going to go this week i think they're just going to abandon the run at some point <laughs> it's just gonna they'll try it in the yeah, first I mean, couple quarters and then they're just going to abandon it and i i think that's going to be good for cooper that's going to be good for puka and i i also think that's going to be bad for the rams in general uh but they're not playing the most um inspiring steelers team so We'll we'll see how, how that goes because the Steelers' defense does show up to these games, but they're not as good as they used to be. Yeah, uh, this isn't your dad's Steelers team, really. yeah. And just just for context, Brian's dad isn't a Steelers fan. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> that was just more of a saying. But uh, before we before we we sign off here, okay. because it is it is the Brian Steven rivalry week. I gotta say, like, how do you feel about that Notre Dame SC game? Oh man, it was. It was it was bad. Uh, I so the the USC has not been looking very good the last few weeks, but they've been able to sneak by with some wins. You know, they dominated against Colorado in the first half, then they let the game come back, let, let them come back. Then they go to then they play Arizona, and it's a triple overtime game. Turns out Arizona is better than we thought, though, because you know they took it to Washington, they took it to uh, another good team, and so. We go into the Notre Dame game, and if actually, if you're a USC fan and like you're listening to podcasts, you're listening to the colonists, you're listening to journalists, you're listening to fans in general, we all went into that game like either we show up or we don't, and we have to really figure things out for this season. So it sucks because I consider the USC Notre Dame rivalry bigger than USC and UCLA, in my opinion. Like that's more of a local thing, whereas Notre Dame is a national rivalry and it sucks that they didn't do it the season's not completely over they could still win the pac-12 championship because notre dame's an out-of-conference team but now like caleb williams looked bad i'm not gonna lie though there was a mo- after that game i was like huh maybe caleb williams will drop in the draft a little bit and uh maybe that'll help me in my dynasty leagues <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but i don't know i know i know you're a notre dame guy uh but so I'm not as uh, deep into college football, you know, as Brian is into SC. But you know, whenever your team wins, especially against a rival, it feels good. And uh, I think out of all the college games, you know, every year that I watch, that's usually the one that I'll watch, you know, all the way through. And it was a good game. And it, it was um, Notre Dame. Actually, I thought we were going to lose. Honestly, like I was like, man, these guys are going to find some way to mess it up. But uh, they pulled yeah. it off, and so I'm I'm happy. And hopefully, you know, this week. This week can stay the same, and I can be Notre Dame, and you can be SC, and you know we can, uh, <laughs> we, we can call it a week, huh? Yeah, well, you know I don't have Caleb Williams playing; I have Lamar Jackson. So, <laughs> I, I, it's hey. funny because I'm not going to lie to you. Like, if someone said, "Would you rather lose to Steven in fantasy and SC wins?" I probably would say yes. But now that SC's already lost, I think the gods may gift me the energy to win this fantasy football matchup. Now, you know they're like, "You were depressed and, last week." You know, let's not. As hard as I went in on the Detroit Lions, I'm rooting for the Detroit Lions this weekend to keep in check Lamar Jackson 
hmm. because I know that he's on your fantasy team. So it's funny how the world works and mm-hmm. how, you know, it's one big circle. But, um, you know, before we sign off, can you let the people know where they can find us on X? You can find us on X at OT Fantasy F Ball. You can find our Twitter or not our Twitter. You can find our podcast wherever you find your podcasts, uh, whether it's Google, Spotify, Apple, on your desktop. You can find us anywhere. Please subscribe. Please like, comment, answer to answer our polls on X. Interact with us. You know, ask us questions. Are we the smartest people in the room? Probably not, but we'll give you one of the funniest takes we could possibly. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So with that, as always, we're not fortune tellers, but we're fortunate enough to admit when we get too cute. (laughs) So make sure you set your lineups logically this week. Play the better players. It's by Mageddon. Make sure that, you know, all your spots are filled. Till next time, we'll see you guys. (laughs) 